Think again with Borderlands Cooperative. Join us for critical conversations about things that matter. Every Friday at 10am on 3CR Community Radio. 855am on your dial. And on 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. So together, let's think again about important matters affecting us, like economics, politics, education, health, climate, and what we can do about it all. Welcome to Think Again, presented to you by Borderlands Cooperative, an organisation that has been dedicated to social change and community development for more than 20 years. I am Jacques Boulet. And I'm Jennifer Burrell. Today we're talking about community development and what happens to it, given that we don't seem to hear about it that much anymore, certainly not in the official channels, unless in some watered-down kind of ways. Mm, Over the last couple of programmes, we've talked about democratic participation and the rather inadequate representation we currently have. So we thought we'd continue this theme by talking about the potential for real community participation through community development. So given Jacques' long connection with community development, I thought I'd interview him for this program. I would add, as part of this introduction, that I've heard some locals in the field refer to Jacques as the grandfather of community development around Melbourne. (laughs) I'm not not so sure about the grandfather bit, Jen, but uh, I do admit that I have been around the community development thing for quite a while now. Going back to the mid-60s, as I was studying social work in Belgium, my home country, and got involved in a few projects in new developments, uh, building developments around Brussels and Leuven. But my deepest and largest introduction to community development happened between 1966 and 1969, when working as a volunteer in a large community development project in Congo. I did three years' worth of international volunteering as an alternative to 18 months of military service, which Mm. was then still obligatory in Mm. Belgium. So that's where, for me, it started. Now, meanwhile, 55 years ago, and during (laughs) the high noon, and I call it high noon, of community development, later called social development, Mm. uh, in the context of the United Nations. Mm. So, Jacques, can you tell tell us all about your experience of community development over time? Well, as I said, my first connection occurred in the course of social work education and then later very much, 66 to 69, in Congo. Congo, which uh, was uh, is in Africa, as most of you will know anyway. Community development was then considered from a sort of a social work perspective as being the third method of social work. Uh, we had casework, which was working with individuals, group work, which was obviously working with groups, and then came community development. That means you broaden the scope of what it is that you, as a social worker, as a community service worker, uh, were supposed to do, and that was also changing communities, which historically had evolved as an approach to lift groups of people disadvantaged Mm. by ongoing societal change into full participation in the life of the community, Mm. their community, of society or society at large. Mm. So... Social work students then had three streams, where you're saying there was mm-hmm. casework, yep. Yep. group work, 
and community development yeah, as a was, matter of course. That's right. And it was pretty much a specialization. You could opt for one to sort of get more acquainted with, whereas the others were also obligatory to study, basically, but not uh, in practice. So your placements would be organized according to the specialization. Mm, it's interesting because I know mm. social work students don't have those options no. here now. No. Uh, there no. wouldn't even be the openings for them to have that community development yeah, and it experience. Is, exactly, and it is also one of the areas, social work education, where community development is slowly disappearing mm. from the curriculum, which is really a pity. Mm, so so mm. the origins, where are the origins? They go centuries back, really, uh, not called community development, but uh, in terms of the way of practicing with communities. It was around for several centuries, and uh, probably several the modern... Several centuries in Europe? And no, no, actually it started in some of the early colonies, the Spanish colonies uh, in the West Indies, and then uh, by the late 1800s, uh, the settlement movement started to... Uh, be probably the the, the model of uh, further uh, developments in community development. The settlement movement? In the UK and in the US, uh, particularly in the So U what was the settlement movement? It was, uh, again, I was talking about social change, and that in the context of social change, community development seemed to come about. Uh, settlements were places where we probably now would call them slums, where people would, uh, pe poor people would be living together and where slum life happened. And the idea was that uh, academics, but also religious people in England, the Anglican Church, then decided that uh, academics and young people, students, would go and live in those slums and uplift the people there, hence the settlement movement, rather than just be outside living in, you know, in, in the administrative centres and then go from time to time to, uh, in a casework kind of way, work with people. So this was really to try to lift groups and communities as a whole out mm. of disadvantage. Okay. But I know that you don't mm. go back that far, so mm. we'll, we'll, <laughs> no, <that's right. laughs> we'll go back to your experience with community the, development. Yeah. The, the renewal, basically, of attention for that was in the 60s and 60s and 70s, where community development, uh, on the one hand internationally, because of that big wave of decolonization which was happening across Africa uh, and you know, not so much Latin America anymore, but still in, in Asia, where uh, countries became independent from years of colonization and mm. being colonized. So after the, in the decades after the, the Second World uh, War? Uh, starting in the 50s, but the end 50s, Ghana was probably one of the first African countries to become independent and also one of the first places where community development was then practiced by the, initially by the English colonial system mm -hmm. and later then uh, after the colonial system had basically gone away, mm -hmm. uh, the United Nations then started to pick the idea up and it became almost like the favorite approach to assist the masses in those countries still living subsistence living, that means having their own, their own uh, survival production still intact to quite a degree or not. And it basically what it meant was that uh, people would go working with those communities. Uh, uh, they were still then called underdeveloped yeah, kind of I was countries. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Um, would you say there was some still some elitism? It oh, sounds certainly. sort of quite mm. elitist. Mm. Certainly, we can't we can't help ourselves, can we? <laughs> the, you know, and, and it was the idea was to help the underdeveloped countries and communities 
uh, sort of like slowly or rapidly become like us because uh, we were called the developed ones. Yeah. Uh, I still remember in the 60s, 70s, where slowly the way we talked about these countries shifted from underdeveloped to developing, mm. which sounds more like... And now we don't use developing either, of course. No, it has become very much critiqued, and I think for good reasons. Mm -hmm. So it was very much sponsored, as I said, and stimulated by the United Nations. uh, And the principles were particularly uh, that communities, rather than being faced with imposed needs which they need to follow, uh, they were actually asked to develop their own needs. They start to understand, and we called that felt needs, the second thing was that uh, it would be self-directed, uh, self-determined, uh, which, of course, was a little bit of a joke because of the fact that given neocolonialism very quickly happening after decolonization, uh, still, you know, those countries were quite controlled by the developed ones and by capitalism, essentially. Mm-hmm. And the third principle was that it should happen under their own leadership. Mm-hmm. So these principles, of course, were so very endowed, much open. open endowed open. self-determination. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so these principles were very much open to interpretation. Then in Europe, by the late 60s, early 70s, that was almost like a renewal of community development, particularly the activist brand of community development. When I came back from uh, uh, from the Congo, I started to work in Germany, became an academic. So community development was very much alive in the context of the revolution of the late 60s. Mm, so bringing back the concept to, mm. ho- to home. Yeah, that's right. To work and, with communities. In and we started to call it community organising. The coloniser yeah. countries were applying it to themselves. That, that's correct. Uh, so community action, we called it. And it became the preferred vehicle for those working with the oppressed and the excluded, as we then called them. Uh, and it was not only adopted as such in social work, but it became the approach used by student groups wanting to lift the masses, often with a Marxist or a socialist inspiration. Mm. I participated especially in activism around homelessness there mm-hmm. in Germany then for the 10 years. Okay. In the early 80s, I engaged in doctoral studies in the States, finalizing thesis on community development, was involved also in a whole diversity of local activism resisting the brutal neoliberal impositions under the Reagan Mm. administration, especially impositions in the welfare and employment areas. And, of course, we still very much have the legacy of that today. Absolutely, we do. In Australia and a lot of other countries. Reagan was the the US version of Thatcher, really, in the UK. Uh, So finally in Australia, then I arrived here in '85, and again as a social work and community development academic, I was involved and started almost immediately to be involved in various community projects, especially with students and local practitioners. Again, public housing, employment, international development, uh, childcare, child services, health and mental health and so on. I left academia in 96 because I couldn't really agree with what universities were becoming. Mm, And Uh, have become more so since. Absolutely. (laughs) And so we started the Borderlands Cooperative, the, to which pro, to whose program you are now listening, mm-hmm. uh, which had community development. That means what we started to increasingly call the development of community as one of its main mm. missions. Okay, thank you, Jacques. On that note, we'll go to some music. One Voice by the Brunswick Women's Choir.
You're listening to Think Again, 3CR 855 AM on your dial, 3CR digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. Today we're talking about community development and its potential to bring on real democratic participation in decisions affecting and directing our lives and creating social change. Today I'm playing host and interviewing Jacques Boulet about community development given his long connection with this approach. So Jacques, I suppose um, you've given us a really good rundown of your connection with community development. So can you tell us what you exactly mean by community development? Well, the internal debates about what it really means in community development, they have been going on forever. Indeed, ever since its modern origins in the settlement Forever, movement. Forever, Jacques. You <laughs> yeah. have been around a while. Uh-huh. Uh, in the settlement movement, as I said before, because uh, there was ongoing debates and discussions uh, with the founders within the settlement movement. And in the U.S., certainly also, it led to the split in social work. Uh, in, but I can't go into that, but uh, it was always debated. And during the 50s and 60s, certainly as well, it was heavily debated. The best-known expression of that for long, long years was what Jack Rothman in the 1960s brought in as three models of community development. Jack Rothman was a academic at Michigan University, and it was later introduced in Australia by Ross Thorpe and Jude Petruccenia. They distinguish between community development as a model of local development, often also referred to as a conservative conception, an approach, secondly, of social planning, which was really uh, a continuation of the idea behind uh, community development in decolonizing countries. It was social planning, and it was the collaboration between the leaders, the government, and the local people. And then the third model was social action. And that was particularly also in the context of the 60s and 70s, social action uh, against oppression, against uh, you know disadvantage and all of that. So it could, is that roughly equivalent to local development, like grassroots community development, yeah. and then social planning, working with government mm-hmm. to, change thi- to change things for the better mm-hmm. for people yeah. in communities? And then social action is really challenging the system? So particularly the system, yes. You call it the system, others would call it structures, or they would call it context, or they would call it exploitative, all of that. Mm. And so I've always found these distinctions too instrumental. What do you mean by that? Well, that, that for example, if you work locally only, that you then actually don't come up and also do things about the structures Mm -hmm. and the systems which dominate our local lives. Or the other way around, that you could actually do things around changing systems Mm. and not really work with people who Mm -hmm. then become, in some ways were probably the victims of the systems before, but will continue to be yeah. the systems when you put new ones in well, there. Well, that's a history of revolutions, so, isn't it? A- absolutely. You, if you change the system yeah. without yeah. changing how yeah. people relate to each yeah. other. So I, I really never liked that distinction. And uh, uh, having worked with Jack Rothman in the States, he didn't like me not liking it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so I think... Uh, I, when you asked for a definition or what I think community development is about, it is really about holding those two dimensions together. On the one hand, working on context, on systems, on, on structures, as we call them, but at the same time also working directly with people 
because we all have become very much, uh, uh, I don't call it victims, but we have become expressions of an exploitative system, of an alienated thing system we have become individualized mm-hmm. we have become self-centered mm. and what think again is is really pretty much about as we said in our very first program mm. it is about regaining regaining our capability to relate with one another mm. and i don't mean that through necessarily just through uh, social media but mm. it is much more relearning how to use our common space the space which we share the the geography we share the land we share we share uh, the with one another and relearning how we relationally can do that best without killing one another mm. because nowadays everything needs to be about owning about uh, markets, about all of that. Yeah, of course. And if you're unemployed or not doing well, it must be your own individual fault. That's what we say, yeah. Yeah, so would you say there's a... um Another way of saying it would be there's an intersection between working relationally with people and working towards systemic change. Absolutely. That they intersect. Yeah, and they do intersect, and particularly also working relationally with people, uh, has to change us as individuals. And finally, and importantly, I think nowadays, where we are facing ecological disasters and all of that, uh, you know, we also need to relearn how to live with the with the non-human world. Mm. We need to learn how to live with what surrounds us. That mm. means that when we say community, it is absolutely essential that we include the non-human into that sense of community. Mm -hmm. That means the material environment we're in. That also means, uh, you know, the animals around us. That means the bacteria. And we should really have become aware of that after the fires Mm -hmm. uh, or during the fires. And uh, so the development of community, therefore, whilst on the one hand it intends to work with individual people and humans, it really therefore orients itself to, on the one hand, start to understand the context we live in and how and what that context is doing to us, systems beside. Secondly, how can we reverse what individualism has done to us? Mm-hmm. Because individualism is the best divide and rule system you could ever invent because we all become competitors and all of that. So how can we learn to uh, to become able again, capable again to relate meaningfully with one another? And finally, finally, how can we do and start doing that reciprocally reciprocally with mm-hmm. what surrounds us, with, mm-hmm. with nature, so with reciprocally, the ecology? when you say that, you're talking about it's a two-way mm. thing when we relate. Yeah, it's that's not correct. a linear one-way thing that we're affecting something that, or we're right. taking something. Yeah. And, yeah. Exactly, and that we therefore start to also understand how does nature want us to live with it mm-hmm. or with them, I should yeah. say, rather than always have forced nature to just live according to our wishes. Mm-hmm. 3CR is about community, and we welcome your participation at the station. 3CR is open to a wide diversity of volunteers and is a great way to connect with Melbourne's activist community. Have you ever thought about volunteering, doing a reception shift, getting a program on air, training in radio skills or contributing to one of the station's committees? There are many ways to be involved at 3CR. To find out more, go to 3cr.org.au and get in touch. Time to get outdoors and lock in your next fitness challenge. 
time to tackle Australia's original team challenge, Oxfam Trail Walker, happening in March. You and three mates will journey through 100 kilometres of bush trail within 48 hours. Teams start together, stick together and finish together. Oxfam Trail Walker is a life-changing experience and every step you take helps raise vital funds to support people living in poverty. Register your team now at trailwalker.oxfam.org.au. A 3CR supporter. You're listening to Think Again, 3CR 855 AM on your dial. 3CR digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. Today we're talking about community development and its potential to bring on real democratic participation, but more so systemic change and in decisions affecting and directing our lives. Mm -hmm. Uh, Today I'm playing host and interviewing Jacques Boulet about community development, Um, again, given his long connection with this approach. So Jacques, um, I'm aware that many people might see community development as something inherently conservative or even trivial in the grand scheme of things. Do you see it as necessarily necessarily system-changing or subversive, or is it really something quite traditional, for example, helping people make friends? Uh, I think it needs to be both. Most, thing we engage, most of the things we engage in are with both the intention to change the world for the better, but it's actually people who make the world. Yes. And therefore, we already talked a little bit about the three models of community development, and I can just say again that I don't, find that that's that's a useful distinction it's arbitrary and it's just way too much focusing on recipes like ways of doing things steps to take all of that so we have arrived at a stage i think of of thinking about systems where most of the systems we know and could work towards or could use they have flaws and as as they are human inventions and they allow for exploitation, mismanagement, power games and so on. Mm. Mm. So would you say when you're working with individuals, mm-hmm. is it an art, would you say it's an artificial dichotomy to say individual yeah. and society? Because yeah. society is not something we look out the window and see yeah. a big concrete structure saying society. Mm. Where is society? Well, we carry it in us, don't That's we? That's right. As we said in our very first programme. You know, we, we are relational beings first rather than individuals first, which is mm. the way in which we in Western society under the influence of capitalism and mm. the kinds of governments we chose, which are interestingly democracy, as we said again in several of our older programs. They are attempts at presenting your individual voice to a collective decision-making. And whilst that has virtues, the, the systems we use for that are actually quite undemocratic, yeah. as we have been talking. Saying. Yeah, and I, I think that's interesting to use that yeah. word undemocratic because mm. even though, of course, mm. we internalise society mm. and we act it out, totally. that's not to say that there aren't blocks of power either. That's correct. Where power is concentrated, yeah. we're not yeah. all e- equal in our Mm-hmm. manifestation of society in our everyday interactions. And therefore we have a lot to learn. How can we relate with one another as equals? Uh, different, but equals. So given that we have conceived this series of programs, as I said before, 
about as addressing relationality and trying to figure out what how can we start to think about ourselves again as relational beings all the versions you have mentioned before about friends or something you know like making friends they there are ways of relational change. I think we will have to continue this mm. discussion next week because yeah. mm-hmm. we obviously have a lot more to say yeah. about this. So perhaps we're going to community service announcements. You could just tell us a little bit of how and why Borderlands is doing community development stuff and what's currently mm. happening. Well, even the name Borderlands uh, has been uh, chosen or I pinched it actually from a book written by Gloria Anzaldúa. And what it really tries to say is let us look at all the artificial boundaries boundaries and borders which are constructed between people and emphasize differences and uh, ways in which we can't live together. And so it is Borderlands is therefore about challenging the borders which artificially has been put between us as individuals, mm-hmm. but also between us as communities. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anzaldúa, interestingly, she was from from Texas and uh, Mexican, uh, had lots of uh, also, you know, like uh, what do you call it, First Nation, uh, American kind of blood. And she talked about the hybrids, the hybrids we all are as people mm-hmm. anyway, because, you know, we... <laughs> The way in which we have become what we are now was a long process of of hybridity Mm -hmm. and therefore claiming purity and therefore base racism or any of those kinds of things Mm. on on it is rather stupid and certainly not respectful of of what we have become and how we have become what we have become. And so transcending the artificial boundaries and borders is really an important thing for us to do. And that is what we understand when we say developing community and extending that, as I said before, to the non-human. And that's probably where we should be talking about more. Mm. Uh, Next, looking a little bit at how can we start doing that? Mm. What are the principles which should underlie that? Mm. Mm. Thank you, Shark. And thanks, listeners, for listening to Think Again on 3CR Community Radio with Jacques Belay and Jennifer Burrell. Remember, if you want to send us a message or ask about anything from today's program, you can email Borderlands, which is borders at borderlands.org.au. Just put Think Again in the subject line. Thanks for listening to a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We rely on the financial support of listeners like yourself to keep going. If you'd like to support diverse voices on your radio, go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online.